welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hive Podcast. As always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. However you're consuming the podcast, I appreciate you guys being here and your support each and every week. As always, I have a fantastic guest lined up for us this week. Let's welcome Jake Bernal to the podcast. Jake, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, guys? So just uh, just some context here. My camera's here, but Jared's here. So I'm going to be looking here a majority of the time. I hope that's cool with everybody else. <laughs> that's fine for everyone that's watching. If you're listening, you should really should occasionally go to YouTube and check out the video version of the podcast because it's just fun to see kind of the, the live recording of the podcast. But Jake, you're a fantastic creator. Uh, some of the listeners may not be familiar with you, but uh, they should be because you're an amazing creative. Jake um, does a lot of behind the scenes stuff for a lot of well-known creators. Maybe you've heard of I Justine, or maybe you've heard of her sister, Jenna, or maybe Armando Fiera, who has an amazing filmmaking channel. Um, you've even done some behind the scenes for Steve-O, which is pretty cool. We're going to dive into all that, but Jake, um, for our listeners that aren't familiar with you, kind of give us a rundown of, of who you are as a creative. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you kind of encapsulated the majority of what I am. I'm the behind the scenes, just behind the camera guy most of the time. Um, but as a creative, honestly, I'm just as freelance as one can get. I don't know. Um, I talked to a lot of people that are freelance and they're like, whoa, you're freelance. I'm like, yeah, I guess we're all freelance, but I got a little extra kick in my step. I, I try to make myself useful as much as I can. So uh, in terms of my creativity, it's just making myself useful where I can and you know, putting myself where I fit and doing the best work that I possibly can for who, whoever's in front of me, to be honest. Yeah. I love watching your behind the scenes stuff. A lot of the stuff that you see on those channels I mentioned when it's behind the scenes, um, is, is Jake there behind, behind the camera. You started off though, doing behind the scenes work, um, or not even behind the scenes work, but just filming work, um, for Kino Tico when Dave Mays was the host host for Kinetica, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, just a couple of years back. Um, it was honestly one of the most random experiences, like jumping into it. That was my first taste of the YouTube community and this awesome camera nerds community that we're all a part of, uh, lovingly a part of, I should say. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed working and shooting and occasionally editing for Dave and Kinotika and that whole channel. It was really uh, my first like the, it's the first thing that showed me how much love I can have for doing BTS and, and for shooting for YouTubers and content creators. And it started, you know, getting me to want to be more involved in doing it myself one day. So definitely a huge shout out to Dave and Kinotika and everybody that's been a part of it. And I love the podcast that you guys did together too. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Dave's been on twice. Um, it, it just, he's such a good guy to talk to. Um, you know, we talk occasionally when I have questions and um, he's very, very open to like, you know, give an input when you need it. So it's, he's a great resource. I want to talk to you about now, like how you got to where you're at. Let's talk about your creative journey. Um, because as a creative, you don't necessarily have to be in front of the camera. 
case in point, you know, Jake right here is, does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and that's what he enjoys. We're going to talk about how you are starting to get in front of the camera now, getting a little bit more comfortable with that. Yeah. But me and you were talking before we, we started recording. Uh, we've been chit-chatting on Twitter for two plus years now. Yeah. Um, when you started working with Dave and I think what I've note what I noticed is uh, you at first were hesitant about yourself as a creative. You you weren't as comfortable putting yourself out there and your work out there. Yeah. But over the last two, two and a half years you have, and there's been a ton of benefits from being a little bit more self-confident and putting yourself out there. So can you kind of walk the the listeners through your journey? Because I think that's really important. I think a lot of creatives are self-conscious and that they, it holds them back from pursuing their goals and really achieving everything they can. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I will. I'll preface the story with this. Don't underestimate the power of Twitter and that'll make sense <laughs> in a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a, you know, a couple years back, uh, straight out of college, I just started working and working some nine to fives that I didn't like. Uh, and the last real job that I had really was, uh, I was a vehicle photographer for, some auction house company and you know on the website it's taking pictures of exotic cars having a chance to do this and that and you get there and you're in a white booth wearing a vest taking pictures of Volkswagen Jettas on a cell phone for hours on end and it just wasn't what you know I thought it was going to be but um prior to that for a couple years I was shooting weddings and I was shooting you know grad pictures and portraits for families and stuff like that so I always had this love for photography and even videography, shooting some music videos for friends here and there. Um, and then at one point, I just got so tired of that job. It was just one of those places, like a rock and a hard place where I'm just like, dude, I'm not happy. Um, you know, it's just being stuck in some white booth all day, taking pictures of cars. The gasoline fumes were starting to get to me. They were driving me a little bit insane. And then, you know, after quitting that job, I, I told myself, all right, like, this is the last job you know, like don't, you don't want to work for anybody else again. You don't want to have a nine to five. Little did I know that not having a nine to five would mean that I now work 24 hours, but you know, it is what it is. Um, when I say Twitter, like don't underestimate the power of Twitter. Honestly, just scrolling through Twitter one day, I came across a tweet from Dave and it said, Hey, I'm looking for a, an editor in Southern California. Let's, let's see like who's out there. And this is maybe like a month after quitting that job. And you know, the job, hunt is, is a daunting thing. You know, you maybe apply to a hundred jobs. Maybe you get looked at by 20, maybe you get called by five and in an interview by two and you might just land a job. So, you know, I put myself out there and I, I thought, you know, I've been shooting and I've been editing for a couple of years. Maybe I can make myself useful. So tweeted at him and he got back to me right away and he ended up coming down to my house. And this was my first I think I still have a picture somewhere in my phone. Um, the first time that like meeting a, a content creator like that, it was scary because I remember watching reviews from Dave all the time. Um, he actually persuaded me to get the Canon M50 back in the day when he put that video out with it. And um, yeah, so, you know, he, he comes into my place and he's just talking to me. It felt less like an interview and more like a, let's just get to know each other real quick. And, um, we kind of just established like, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. Let's give it a try. Let's see how you do with the editing. And, um, I think a couple days later he hit me up. He called me. He's like, Hey, I can really use a hand shooting if you're free to come out to Laguna real quick. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll just go from there. So 
you know, the, this was like my first chance to really put myself into this new position and make something happen, something that I knew that I always wanted to do. So, you know, I wasn't hesitant at all. I grabbed my camera bag, threw whatever camera gear I had in it and just started driving. And it was a great shoot. I think we were doing something for like the Mavic Mini, like the first version of it, or I could be wrong there, but it was a great shoot. And, you know, Dave and anybody listening that's, you know, experienced Dave, like he's such a great guy and he's very inviting and welcoming and accommodating to anybody. And, you know, he, he knew that this wasn't something that I had done before, you know, shooting for a content creator, but he was very quick to just show me the ropes and I picked it up rather quickly and just went from there. And then after meeting Dave, um, I, I don't know, I don't recall if you guys have talked about it, but his um, friend and, and shooter and editor before me, Connor McCaskill, um, he, you know, they moved out from Nashville together and and were, you know, jumping into Kinotika. And then at one point, Connor started to work for Armando. And so that's when, you know, Dave needed the position filled and I kind of took that place. And um, one day just shooting with um, Armando and Connor for, I think it was like the Metabone speed booster for the EOSR system. Uh, I got to meet Armando and there's something inside of me that always has the need to try to be a salesperson. I, I did have a couple jobs in sales and I was trying to sell a Fujifilm X-T3. And so I thought, you know, I might as well ask real quick. I asked Armando if he was interested and we started kind of bartering back and forth and keep in mind, like I, I'd been watching Armando for a couple of years, um, just learning tips and tricks and loving his channel every step of the way. And so we start bartering and I'm, I'm almost in awe of myself. I'm like, how am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this? I'm, I'm like sitting here trying to like sell this camera to a guy that knows everything about cameras. I'm sure he can get this in a heartbeat. And, um, I think towards the end of it, he, he ended up buying the camera off of me and he goes, look, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't need this camera or want it. I was just impressed by the way you were selling it. So I, that's why I took it. And, um, you know, just a little time after that, me and Connor became friends and got real close. Uh, he, now he's one of my best friends, um, just being another, you know, like we, we share a lot of the same interests in the same storyline in some ways. And, um, when Connor ended up moving back to Nashville, I ended up taking his place and, and working for Armando. So it almost feels like I'm stealing Connor's jobs every step of the way. So I'm not moving to Nashville. Connor, you're safe for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, from there, it's just been, uh, just a new door that I've stood in front of and I've either hesitantly put my hand on the knob or I've ran straight through it with as much confidence as I could. Um, but you know, Dave introducing me to other people, uh, he introduced me to I Justine a couple years ago at vlog university that she was hosting in LA. And you know, that was my first experience with her. And then little did I know just working with Armando a couple years later, I'd be shooting BTS for her and, now having conversations with her sister Jenna to possibly be editing for her channel. Um, so it all kind of just snowballed. It started with a tweet and then just a good connection, a solid friendship with Dave, and then just meeting other YouTubers from there. If you're a creative and you're not on Twitter, what are you doing? Exactly. You have to get on Twitter, man. You have to. Exactly. I mean, that's how I've connected with almost everybody that's been on this show has been through Twitter. It's such a, a great creative community that you can find there and everybody is supportive. And I don't find 
the negativity on Twitter that you find on other platforms. Everybody's there to lift each other up and encourage each other. Yeah. It's a great platform. Uh, dude, I'm so stoked for you and that journey. And just as you can see, if you guys don't put yourself out there, those opportunities won't come to you. And Jake is a great example of just taking that leap and putting yourself out there. And look at that snowball effect, man. It's absolutely fan fantastic. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about BTS because I love watching behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. Kind of walk the listeners and myself through how you approach a BTS shoot because uh, is there might be that fear of like, I don't want to miss miss the shot. I don't want to miss something that's important going on, mm. but also making it look good because you might feel that you need to rush and get different angles and then the, the footage can get choppy and you can miss stuff. So kind of walk me through how you approach a BTS shoot to make sure you capture everything and the stories told in a, a compelling way and, in, you know, just good quality. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a couple different techniques and, and approaches when it comes to what I'm shooting and why I'm shooting it. So, for example, if I'm shooting BTS video for a specific YouTuber, it really comes down to a collaborative mindset with that creator and knowing what they want. Honestly, if you, you know, somehow get a call and a creator wants you to come shoot BTS for them, it's almost a no-brainer, but just check out their channel, see what their flow looks like, and you know, make it your own from there. You can do a little spice to it. I remember I, when I started shooting BTS for Dave, I was doing like the camera on a towel slider trick on a table. And he was like, that looks so smooth. And I'm like, I learned this on YouTube, you know, like, um, it's, it kind of just came down to, I wanted to put down what he wanted, but I also wanted to show that I can do something too. I can make something of my own. So I started just combining some different styles, some from his channel that I had seen previously, and then thinking like, how, how can I refresh it just a little bit? How can I give it a little bit more Jake? Um, and so, yeah, when it, when it came to just shooting BTS video, it really just came down to having a collaborative mindset. But when it comes to shooting BTS photo, that's something that always kind of used to trigger me a little bit because I'd see a lot of BTS photographers shooting with really great gear. And, you know, everyone says gear doesn't matter. That's very much true in a lot of ways. But then I just see like photos that are just like straight out of camera and they don't put love or enough love into some of the BTS. I'm not saying all BTS, but I've seen some where it looks like an iPhone picture and they're like, this is the behind the scenes. Sometimes you'll see BTS of like big Hollywood movies and they, the photos just look dry in my opinion, that's again, my opinion. And it's, everybody's got a different, like what, what do they say? Different strokes for different folks. Um, I remember going into it for my first photography based BTS job thinking, you know, I came up as a photographer. I was shooting portraits and weddings and there's stylized different shoots. Uh, maybe I can put some stylization into this BTS. So I treated every photo as if it was its own little setup like i put lighting in the whole shebang i pretty much just wanted Qu to get quality it over quantity right when it when it comes down to it quality over quantity to be honest it was a little bit of both um I, was it okay i started <laughs> shooting bts on some sets out in la for different uh production companies here and there you know commercials tv shows um music videos stuff like that and I was filling my card almost every night and those were usually 12 to 14 hour shoots whenever we'd shoot like a commercial or a TV show or even one of those cinematic projects that you'd see on Armando's channel where we're hooking up 
the Sony A7S III with cinema rigs and lenses and all that, those shoots go for a very long time. And it's the same mindset of you almost want to shoot too much rather than not enough. There have been times where even shooting video with Armando, he'll be like, oh, dude, you don't need to shoot that. Like, we're fine. And we actually had a conversation about this not too long ago where he said during the Steve-O shoot that we were doing, he said, dude, I'm actually glad that you didn't listen to me and still shot some extra stuff because I ended up needing it and using it. He's like, he's like, the funny part is that there was this one clip where I physically told you in the video to like that you don't have to record this, but I ended up using the part right before I said that. He's like, I'm so glad that you didn't listen and you followed your instincts. You know, I, I would personally rather have too much than too little because it's just like how vloggers approach using their SD card or filling up their, their footage in their space. They'd rather have enough to pick from than too little to scrape the bottom of the barrel. So even if I'm just shooting pictures of the makeup artist still spraying hair and there's like 40 frames in my camera of that same thing, I'm a little nitpicky. I don't want the picture of them blinking or someone coughing or mid-sentence. So, yeah, I'm definitely into filling up the the quantity and quality. And um, honestly, from there, it just comes down to how you edit and and finding different styles. There's certain shoots where I like to go for a more filmy look and then some that I like to go a lot cleaner with. Um, the end of the day, I just want to give somebody a product that they can be happy with and show other people. Because my mindset has always been that this is my business card. I've never, ever had a website. I've never had a business card. I've had Instagram and that's it. And the way that I chose to market myself is by going on a set or going on a shoot or working with a content creator, putting in the work and then giving them something to be proud of. And then, you know, I always thought that hard work and like real genuine effort will actually take you places, you know? And I never thought that like, Maybe it'll take me further than having a website. I just never knew how to build a website. I never saw enough Squarespace ad reads on YouTube at the time. Um, but my biggest trick and my biggest little like hidden secret when it came to shooting BTS is honestly this iPad, using an iPad with the USB-C, there were so many times where I'd be on a set and I'd take my SD card right after I shot photos that I'm like, oh, these are amazing. I want to show the people on set this right away. Throw it into the iPad, do an edit. I made all of my own presets for specific cameras, even some for specific lenses. And from there, I'd, I'd throw it on, tweak it, and I'd spend a good five minutes on a photo. And then I'd walk up to the talent or the director or anybody that we're shooting and I'd say, look, I got this photo of you what's your number or pull out your phone. I'll airdrop it to you right now. And that gives somebody something to walk away with. And because I get them immediate results, I majority of the time will say like, all I ask is if you're willing to just tag me on Instagram. And I use that as my business card. I'd rather say like, Hey, check out my Instagram and my tagged photos or my photography Instagram account. So you can see what I'm about. Because honestly, I was just a little too lazy to set up a website so having that immediate turnaround, it, the, people started calling me the party trick because of that, just getting results as fast as I could. And it also led me to making really cool connections. Uh, there'd be times where the, the DP on a shoot, I wouldn't know him at the start of the day, but by the end of the night, I'd send him 15 fire shots of himself that he wants to post on his Instagram or maybe use for his Tinder profile picture. 
And he'd say, hey, I'm going to keep you in mind. Next time we have a shoot, I'll, I'll tell the director, I'll tell the producer, or I'll bring you on myself. And from there, it just starts snowballing once again. And it kind of just spiderwebbed its way out. So party tricks, get an iPad. <laughs> Lightroom is actually way more powerful on that iPad than you'd initially think if you're coming straight from a computer. And it, it just created its own snowball effect from there. That's awesome. It's so many good tips and advice just in that story. Uh, being able to deliver something to other people that are there while you're shooting for them to walk away with is such a great marketing technique to put yourself out there and to get more work, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I guess when I, w- I said quality over quantity, I didn't mean don't shoot a lot because I do the same thing. I fill up my cards like crazy, yeah. but what you're putting out there, yeah. I think you need to focus more on the quality of what you're putting out there mm-hmm. versus putting a ton of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, because what you put out is absolutely great quality and that's what you want to be known for. Thank you. Um, well, dude, so much, I'm so stoked for you about your, about your journey and being able to see you grow as a creator on the behind the scenes, but you're also doing some stuff for Condor Blue now, which makes cages and um, just accessories for cameras. Um, they're, they're an absolute great brand. Uh, how did you get involved with them? Honestly, the the same storyline that I was just mentioning, it came down to um, the CEO and owner of Condor Blue, Lucas Colombo. He's also the main head honcho behind Moai Films, a great production company. He's got a lot of IMDb mentions under his name. And uh, just working through Armando, before I started working with him more consistently, he hit me up saying like, hey, I'd love to get some BTS for this shoot that we're doing, um, you know, if you want to come through. And I, I met Lucas there and I think we kind of had our own side deal worked out where he knew I was shooting some stuff, trying to get some BTS for Armando, but he was like, hey, can you get some pictures of the Condor Blue products, please? And I was like, yeah, dude, I got you. So, um you know, I, I just started shooting pictures everywhere, getting some stuff of the products and we became good friends after that. And then just after the, the past few years of shooting on more sets with him and with Armando and, you know, when we were shooting the Steve-O episode, you know, Lucas's guys would come and, and Lucas would come and, and kind of direct and, and set everything up for us. And, you know, he's a, an outstanding director and an amazing friend, and he's got a killer company with amazing products. So it was somebody that I knew that I can trust to put in something amazing out there and trust the product. And and I really started to fall for like fall in love with Condor Blue itself because of you know the quality of their products. They just speak for themselves. So um, not too long ago, he approached me and he said, "What's your schedule like?" And I said, "Dude, I don't have a schedule." He's like, "Okay, cool. Well, I'd like you to come." help us with some videos, be our on camera guy, you know, put some TikToks out there, some Instagram stories, YouTube, uh, stories, reels, uh, shorts, all that stuff. So as of like two weeks ago now, I'm like the online face or whatever of Condor blue and it's going great. I honestly love it. It's such a a chill work environment and getting to work with like-minded people and getting in contact with other creators like Gerald Undone or other people that we're collaborating with. Um, it's, it's honestly like it's its own little journey and I don't even consider it a job. Every time I go in there, I just, you know, I'm either editing or I'm pulling out a camera or I'm standing in front of a camera reading a script, but it, it feels so relaxed. And it's, it's one of those environments where it's like, Hey, we know that you can make something happen, make it happen. We trust your vision. 
And having that flexibility and that freedom is what drew me to saying yes. Even though technically I told myself never work for somebody ever again, two and a half, almost three years ago. I was like, I believe in this dude. I believe in the product. I believe in the brand. And I'm going to do it because I love doing it. And, you know, you mentioned earlier just growing into your confidence. And truth be told, I really wasn't the type of person to put myself in front of a camera because I looked quite a bit different just a year and a half ago. I've been on this really strict diet and losing weight and trying to become more comfortable with myself. And that has nothing to do with necessarily wanting to be on camera, but it was just a, I wanted to live a healthier lifestyle. And then over time that just became its own new sense of confidence. And after working with all these content creators like Armando, like Dave, like Justine, like Jenna, I would constantly hear from them or whispered under their breath, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he try it? Like, you know, like random times we'll be on a set and they'll be like, Hey Jake, we need to do a mic check real quick. Go stand in front of the camera. And I'll be like, yo, what's up guys? Jake back with another video. Let's, and uh, you know, I'll just kind of spew out all the stuff that I would soak in while being a YouTube watcher for so many years. And, um, I guess being in theater since I was six years old kind of helped with that. But, um, you know, I'd always hear like, Hey, you're, you're actually pretty good on camera. Why don't you give it a try? And back then I was kind of like, oh, I don't think I have the look for it. I was too nervous about myself and the way that I was carrying myself. And over this past year and a half, um, I've lost 120 pounds now. And it's been a weird journey, but it's also given me a lot more self-love. And so when I got to the point where I was more confident with myself and I can feel myself being less timid and afraid in front of the camera, I started listening to that advice that I'd get from all of those content creator friends in the past few years saying, why don't you try this? And, um, you know, I'd often hear because I'm in the kind of camera YouTube space and ecosystem quite a bit. I always hear like, why don't you do this? Why don't you, why don't you review the camera? Why don't you review the lens, put that out there and start your channel. And truth be told, as much as I absolutely love cameras and cinematography and everything that this community has brought, I didn't, I didn't want to be a camera tech YouTuber. Um, I kind of wanted to, if I, I told myself if I was going to try it, I was going to try something that I wanted to do for fun because I see how much work it is. And I was kind of like, you know, that's, that's a little intimidating for me to want to jump into right away. Definitely still on the table in the future. As you can see now that I'm working with Condor Blue, it's definitely in front of me on the table. Um, but you know, I think a couple months ago, I kind of told myself like, you know, I keep hearing from friends and content creators that I have a cool enough story to share and some people might want to hear it. So maybe make some videos. And so I started compiling footage and putting something together. And after working on the set with Steve-O that we were doing on Armando's channel for the Studio Makeover or Studio Bites, if you guys check that out, it's actually super cool. It's like an actual TV show. Um, you know, after doing that whole Studio Makeover with Steve-O, I kind of just nervously was like, hey, can I can I ask you a favor? And he was like, yeah, dude, what's up? And I was like, I'm, I'm attempting, I'm attempting to start a vlog. I'm trying to start a vlog just to have some fun with it, just as a side thing to do. And I'm a little nervous about it, but I definitely want to give it a go. Would you mind being part of the first video? And he was very gracious and he, he was very thankful for everything that we were doing in his studio. And he was like, yeah, dude, like, let's do it. And so, you know, I sat there and for like five minutes, I was like, okay, what can I do? I don't want to just walk up to him and be like, hey guys, look at Steve-O. 
all right, so back to the video. Like, you know, I wanted to make it somewhat entertaining. And so I, I recall a video of him on his channel talking about how he refuses to do any more ball kicks because apparently he's really well known for kicking people in the balls ever since the old jackass days. So I asked him straight up, I was like, can I be your last ball kick? And he said, yeah. And so that's what the first video was about. And it had very little to do with cameras and tech and reviewing, but it was still, it still felt like it was in the ecosystem. You had Lucas and Armando in the background and it was for, it was like a little sub story to Armando's channel. And it made me feel more at home because it was with people that I was comfortable with in a field and subject that I was happy with. It was kind of like comedic, but I also tried to put really hopeful and somewhat inspiring undertones in the video telling people that you can make anything happen because, you know, it, it's kind of like a reflection of my story. I was, I was nervous and then I tried to make something happen and it just kind of snowballed and, and somehow happened and I somehow ended up here. Um, so yeah, when it comes to putting myself in front of the camera, it, it has been a long, long journey to get here. I've had many conversations with Dave in the past about having my own channel or starting my own channel and me kind of just, no, no. If you look back at some of the old Kino Tika videos, you'll see me. I'll look a little different, but you'll see me in a mirror or you'll see me maybe in the intro of the Gear Guy music video, stuff like that. And that was very much me in a mindset of thinking, I know that I can try, but I know that I'm not comfortable enough to to all these years later, getting more comfortable in the space saying, I know that I can try and I know I want to. The only thing then was just time because of being freelance. So whenever I had the time, I would shoot, I would vlog, I would get as much footage as I could and then put it all together. And then um, after putting it out, I got a very good response from people just saying like, hey man, this was fun. This was kind of funny and I, we enjoyed it and I'm glad that you're happy and Honestly, just even if it doesn't do numbers that I wanted to see right away, you know, it's never going to. I, I started fresh, new YouTube channel, trying to trick the algorithm into helping me out there. Um, I think that I got such a positive response from the people that I was really trying to, like the people that inspired me. That's what I'm trying to say. I got really positive responses from the people that inspired me. And that gave me more of a, a drive to keep going. So I did my second video with Justine and it's a whole video about how she bought a Tesla on a whim and how I got a Tesla too. And if you want to find out more about that, I mean, it's on my Instagram, but um, I don't know. It kind of just came down to me wanting to do it for me now instead of doing it for money or doing it for views or doing it for likes or notoriety. I just wanted to do it because it sounded fun. And I'm still doing it because it sounds fun. I initially tried to do the once a week scheduled thing. That fell off real quick. I got super busy. So there's only two videos up right now. I'll get a third one at some point. But um, yeah, when it comes to just being in front of camera, it just it came down to me not being ready. And at the point that I kind of realized I was being dumb by telling myself I wasn't ready. That's the same moment that I decided to give it a go. And right after that, Armando approached me about hosting a photography-based channel through his YouTube channel, which is something that we're going to be working on next month. So, or in the next few months. So, you know, it's 
it really feels like such a weird 180 for me being very content being behind the scenes and working with these content creators to then in my own little bubble of a way becoming one and I don't know how to feel about it just yet and I refuse to look at comments because I know they'll eat me alive because I get a little scared about that I've heard horror stories about it up and down but um I'm really just trying to marry two worlds that I love, which is being creative and energetic and open-minded and outgoing with something that I love doing, like photography, videography, and what we're doing here, you know? That's awesome. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Jake. I mean, first off, don't worry about the comments <laughs> on YouTube, right? Just don't worry about them. As long as you're happy doing what you're doing and you're getting positive feedback from the people that actually matter to you, that. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. I enjoy the videos you're putting out there. I've seen them. They're they're fantastic. It'll be linked down in the show notes and the description of the video, of course. So uh, go check them out, you guys. But um, to to wrap things up, Jake, like looking back at your entire journey over the last two and a half, three years, even longer than that, I'm sure. For anybody that feels the the way you felt, that felt hesitant putting themselves out there. You shared a lot, but if you kind of had to like sum it up, what advice could you give to somebody that that feels the same, that's a little hesitant to start their creative journey because they're just a little self-conscious about themselves or about their work? What advice do you have for them? I think some advice that I can give on that is I had a lot of weird things holding me back in my headspace when it came to not wanting to put myself out there before. And I realized later on that it was because I was doing it or thinking about doing it for the wrong reasons. There was a point in time where I was considering going in front of the camera and starting a channel for monetary reasons or to impress people around me. And it didn't give me the type of love for it that I really needed to give it a go. And so when I started realizing and telling myself like, hey, if you're going to try this, try it for you, that's the moment that I decided to put myself out there. And so I'm a really big believer in taking a leap of faith. And I took my leap of faith and I've taken a couple leaps of faith and COVID definitely slowed a lot of things down for a lot of people. But I kind of found that time frame where things slowed down to catch up because I felt like I was falling behind for so long and then COVID slowed things down. I was like, okay, this is my chance. This is my chance to sprint full speed ahead and catch up and get to a place that I want to be at. And so I guess any advice that I can say is just not being afraid to take a leap of faith because you never really truly know how your creative ability can be viewed by other people, possibly inspire other people until you put it out there. You know, a Picasso painting wouldn't be meaningful if it stayed in his garage, you know? He had to put it out there for it to have so much impact and meaning to so many people. Um, and the same thing happened with music for me. You know, I grew up just listening, writing, and playing music. As soon as COVID hit, Nobody really needed an editor. Nobody needed a shooter. So I was kind of just at home thinking that this was going to last a couple weeks or maybe a month. Started playing music, putting it on my Instagram story. And then just a couple weeks later, because of Instagram and social media, I got hit up by an artist and he dragged me out to Atlanta and I started writing music for him and then started writing 
music and recording music for other artists. And that kind of snowballed in its own way too, just by putting myself out there and saying, you know what, I'm finally just going to do this for me. So, you know, not being afraid to be a little selfish every once in a while. Doing something for you can honestly make a huge difference, even in your own mindset. You know, even if you're not fully in love with it yet, if you start doing something for you, eventually you'll get there because you realize there's no format and there's nobody standing over your shoulder telling you what to do. You get to do you, you get to be creative, and you get to envelop yourself in this love for what you're doing. And it just, it'll take you places. That's, that's the biggest thing I got to say there. We have a, a saying on the, on this podcast and it's just start. If, if you don't just start, there's no way you're going to get over that mindset that's holding you back. And there's no way you're going to grow as a creator and improve your work and, and feel more comfortable. You have to just start and you have, like you said, you just got to take that leap and, and run with it. So Jake, man, thanks for sharing your story with all the listeners, with myself it's been great. I can't wait to see uh, where your journey continues continues to take you. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow that journey, uh, what are all the all the things on all the social platforms where people can follow follow uh, you? Honestly, it's it's a really dumb Instagram name that came up that spawned from a "How I Met Your Mother" joke when I was in high school. But my Instagram name is at J M Bernicle J M B E R N I C L E. It's the same on Twitter. Um, don't try to find me anywhere else. I promise it's underwhelming, <laughs> but, um, you know, if you guys want to keep up, then, uh, come say what's up. You know, I, I love meeting new people and I love hearing new stories and I, I love getting inspired by the people that have been inspired themselves by those people around me. So if you guys want to come hang out, you know where to find me. Yeah, it'll all be linked down below. Jake, thanks for coming on the show, man. I, I got to tell you before I go. I was so looking forward to this because I remember meeting you a couple of years ago thinking like, this guy's got a cool aesthetic. This guy's got a cool thing going. And then when you started dropping the podcast and I saw the name of it, I was like, the hive. I was like, wow, that's super dope. I'd love to do that someday. So I'm so glad that we finally got to do this, man. This has honestly been a pleasure. Absolutely, man. It's been great connecting with you face to face. And of course, you know, we'll continue to chat over Twitter and we'll have to do this, uh, this conversation uh, again, man. So thanks again. Um, I'll catch you. I'll catch you later. Hey, let's do it. Well, guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you like it. If you're watching, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you rate it. But it's been an absolutely great conversation with Jake. He's got a lot to offer. Uh, for any of us looking to grow as a creative, especially if we just don't feel comfortable about about what we're putting out there, just follow Jake's example. Just take that leap. Just start. Just start creating. Well, I appreciate you guys listening each and every week, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.